Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today we have Michael Mealy. He's the Vice President of Quality here at Agape Care in Columbia, South Carolina. Michael, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Yeah, awesome. Man, tell us a little bit about what you do here at Agape Care, and tell us a little bit about what Agape Care is. Okay, well, I work as the Vice President of Quality, and so um, we help with improving quality care, ensuring that we have good quality care. Um, So part of my role is is looking at every admission, looking at every discharge and everything in between as to what we're doing, what we're documenting, um, helping ensure both regulatory requirements as well as the level of care we're providing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and as you know, every hospice hospice they all do the similar thing, you know, you know as hospice absolutely. care providers, but they're not all the same. As you Correct. as you can attest to, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you're going to be talking about something that you guys are doing and can you tell us about the Alpha Hope test that Agape Care uh, is South Carolina is participating in right now? Absolutely. So we've been so honored to be part of this. And basically, we're one of 20 hospices um, across the nation that's, that's participating in this with CMS, um, which is being conducted through ABT that has been contracted from CMS. Um, so this has uh, given, given us an opportunity uh, to be able to help develop a much more enhanced uh, quality uh, tool um, to, to have better quality reporting, um, which we're a big fan of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want, you know, top notch care that's going to actually really help people because it can get sloppy, you know, absolutely. especially in a big organization. Things can, you know, fall by the wayside you know, old habits, you know, <laughs> especially when you're bringing people from all over and different different things. So having that standard is just so important. That's yeah. right. One of the things that you mentioned uh, just a minute ago was talking about um, there's a difference from hospice to hospice. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we really love about this enhanced tool that hopefully will be coming out um, soon um, once this test is completed, it allows much more transparency mm. uh, for the general public and other referral sources. So um, it's not it takes some of the, the guesswork out of yeah. you know what type of hospice do you want your loved one to to go with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially in South Carolina, where it is just a plethora of hospice companies. I know or I live in Charleston, and, and I think there's like close to sixty. Different hospices, you know, where other states like North Carolina that has a certificate of need, you're only going to get a couple in your region, you know, wherever you you live. In South Carolina, it's much more important to know who you're getting care from. So, Absolutely. Michael, tell us what the word HOPE, the acronym, represents. Great question. So um, HOPE, as the acronym, was developed to represent hospice outcomes and patient evaluation. Mm. Which which is an interesting word to use, too, because a lot of people think of hospice and they don't think of the word hope. 
you know they 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 put that that term hospice was something that's negative but it's really not you know when you really get in to find out what hospice really is and what it really does it is hopeful it is does bring hope absolutely i think um i love the way you put that because um i think at the end of life um everyone's entitled to still having hope Mm -hmm. and there's always hope there's hope to give people uh the best quality care and um to help them meet their goals of care at the end of life things that they want to achieve in those final days Mm -hmm. so there's hope to uh take care of their symptoms to help them um, do whatever they would like to do in the final days of hospice so um you know if they want to spend more time with their grandchildren Mm -hmm. if um if they want to set up some type of other legacy type things that uh, they feel that they didn't get finished with in their life we want to be part of that yeah yeah and and you you see so many i've in the past i've seen different people that have gotten to go see other family members that they didn't you know they they wanted to see before before they passed on and and it's just such a, a great great thing and another thing with you guys speaking of words Agape, you know, it, it's the the Greek word for love, you know, exactly. and man, you know, when you think of your guys's name, love, care, you know, and and when when you bring an aspect of love to that to really help people and to love on them and love on that family that you're serving is just just remarkable, and then to bring that hope um, for for them for the patient and the family. Um, tell us why you why Agape Care wanted to be a part of you know the Alpha Hope Test. So, um, like we had said just a few minutes ago, um, we've at this organization we've always valued quality care um, and providing high quality care, and and because of that, um, we value the transparency mm-hmm. in showing that to every person that's interested in hospice for their loved one. And um, hospitals and nursing homes and physicians, they want to make sure that they're selecting and working with um, the highest quality hospices that are out there. Because in reality, um, if we went around to every hospice that operates within South Carolina and outside of South Carolina, I'm sure each of those hospices would tell you we're the best hospice, we provide the best care. And, and we say that as well, but what we like to do is to not only say that, but to say, let us show you how uh, mm-hmm. we provide the best care. Yeah. And this helps. This right. makes it easier for us to do that. Yeah. And especially when you can back that up with data. This is why. This is, this is, this is the metrics that we're looking at. These are the things we're striving for. And, and man, and I think just in today's world, you know, when we, we have altered alternate facts, you know, in a fact driven world that, which we should be, you know, we need that. And why is transparency so important to you guys? So, so it's important because, um, it really tells the story mm-hmm. of, of the type of care that we provide. Yeah. Uh, transparency not only tells the public, but transparency also helps us to be better, mm-hmm. continuously improve. Yeah. Um, without having transparency, without having ways to measure things, um, it's really challenging to make improvements. Mm-hmm. And so we, we feel that we can always continue to improve. We can always continue to be better. 
and we want the public to know the difference when they're selecting a hospice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just that aspect of accountability and people people kind of run from accountability sometimes. Right. But man, it it just makes you better. It makes you grow. It it points out things that maybe you don't like about yourself. But man, it makes you get better at those things. It makes you find help. It makes you um, just become all around, you know, better. And, and I think it's just admirable. And I think that's, to me, that's what I would be looking for. Somebody who wants to get better. Um, they don't have to be, maybe maybe they're not even the best. But man, if they're striving for that and they're, they're looking to be the best, man, to me, you can't, you just can't get any better than that. So I think that's, that's amazing. Well said. Yeah. Um, so provide us um, some background on, on what is available right now for the public. So, um, you know, it, it, that's a great question because when we look at quality care in hospice and what's available um, to understand what type of hospice you're going with, uh, basically there, there are two uh, ways that the public can uh, find out a little bit about the hospice they're, they're going with or considering. Um, and that would be looking at Hospice Compare, the website. Um, when they go into Hospice Compare, they're, right now they're going to see basically two things. They're going to see a family survey um, that's conducted two months after the patient passes. So that is the family's perspective upon the hospice care, not the patient. Um, they'll be able to see the results of all those surveys that's been completed within the past year. And it tends to be um, a little behind. So you you may see 18 to 24 months out. Um, And then secondly, they're going to see um, what's called hospice item sets, which is basically just seven different ways that, um, that they look at the care that's provided on admission and the care that's provided in discharge, which is a great segue to say, um, you know, what you can see whenever I'm telling you that is there's there's no data that the public can see what's happening from admission all the way through the time that we have that patient on service until discharge. So currently what's available for the public to look at only tells us a picture of what's happening on admission and what's happening um, at discharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's um, it's just uh, there's so many things there, so many different. Uh, when you see a survey, I've seen some surveys in the past, and you, you know, what people like, what people don't like, you know, because um, uh, everybody's different. Every, how do you how do you guys strive to you know when there when there's so many varieties of types of people some people are very private some people are very open some people have huge families and you're dealing with aunts and uncles and cousins and you know how do you guys you know work to, to kind of hit all those those points well I, I mean one of the things that we try to focus on when we're providing hospice um, caring for the family is every bit as much important as as caring mm-hmm. for the patient. Yeah. So, um, you know, we always, we often uh, will talk to nurses and, and aides and social workers and chaplains um, to make sure that you're touching base with the family members and how the family members are doing as well as the patients. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, we really, um, you know, I've been in other sectors of healthcare, and hospice um, is probably the most inclusive yeah. of the whole family unit, treating not just the patient, but uh, the caregivers that are taking care of that patient in the home or facility. Um, helping to assist with care. So we put a lot of focus on that whole family unit Mm -hmm. to help um, answer questions, um, deal individually with uh, their anxieties, because some families and patients want a lot of information, Mm -hmm. and they get relief from knowing a lot of information about what to expect, what's happening. Um, Other family members may get anxiety, Mm -hmm. With yeah. too much information, so it's it's about having individualized mm-hmm. care for that patient, yeah. that family, yeah, and their abso- needs. Absolutely. So, what is the time frame for the Alpha Hope test? So, the time frame um, this started in August of 2020, and it runs until January the first, 2021. Okay, so, so we're running right up to the end of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What what are some of the things you're seeing right now? So um, some of the things that we're seeing right now with the test as far as how it's working and what it's providing, um, we're seeing much more objective information coming into the caregivers um, because it's, it really um, takes us in an enhanced view of the assessment. So where we're already doing assessments and we already have uh, some of the questions that's being asked, it really takes that a step further so it's able to give us uh, more information about what that picture looks like with the patient. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's very helpful to um, to the nursing staff, the chaplain, social workers, mm-hmm. and and even the aides taking care of the yeah. patient. And speaking of that, you know, there's so many aspects to hospice, so many different positions. Kind of give the listeners, you know, a, a good broad range of kind of how many, you're you're talking a lot of different services you're providing in one service you know um talk about the different positions that you guys have that are part of this okay yeah so um well as far as like within the alpha test uh, officially we we have the rn case manager so there are two rn case managers on each team we have two teams participating in this um and we have one chaplain one social worker Mm-hmm. Uh, that make up the team participating with the HOPE test. And so each of those disciplines have a different role to play with, with helping uh, the patients and the families mm-hmm. um, at the end of life. And so, um, you know, the RNs, where they may be more focused on symptom management mm-hmm. and um, helping the patients that are starting to have some symptoms, uh, what what medications will work best, while at the same time trying to consider uh, the goals of care for that patient. So some patients may have a higher tolerance of pain, and they may want to be much more alert to uh, do certain tasks in their final days, and other patients may have a much lower tolerance of pain. Right. And their goals of care may be, I would be okay with, you know, not being as alert, but having less pain. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we want to do is we want to find out by asking questions of the family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- what is your goals? What would you like to achieve? And so yeah. we focus that in with, um, you know, with knowing that. 
because we wouldn't want somebody to have less pain and be less alert and if their goal of care was to to be able to do much more right um, we want to find that right balance for every individual mm-hmm. um, and the chaplains um, of course they have a key piece of, of just helping patients with um, any concerns spiritual concerns um, prayers, uh, spending some uh, time with individuals that may be that they want to look at certain verses. They may have different faiths and different Mm -hmm. beliefs. And so the chaplains are trained to be able to work with different belief systems. Uh, Social workers, they really handle everything um, in between like symptom management and, and spiritual, which sometimes there's even some spiritual overlap with social workers. Right. Uh, but they're looking at the needs of that patient, that family. Um, it can range from anything from needing small things in the home to um, needing a ramp uh, put into the home to help assist the patient right. uh, getting in and out of the home at the end of life uh, to having discussions with them uh, about their anxieties and about um, how they're feeling uh, mm-hmm. to help them with that. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many aspects to it that people don't realize that there's just so many different things. Now, I, you know, I, I know, too, you know, we, we're, we've been really talking about the families, you know, but you guys work with all kinds of different providers across the state, different doctors, you know. Um, is this information really important to get to those people that are kind of utilizing your guys' services, at, you know, by making referrals? Absolutely. So I think um, what you see um, when you're talking about physicians, um, what you see is uh, every physician wants to know they're they're using the best hospice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to know that they're if they refer a patient of theirs, and often they may have taken care of that patient for years. Yeah, um, they want to make sure that that patient is going to receive the best possible care at the end of life. Um, some physicians continue to be the attending. Mm-hmm. Uh, some physicians um, want the hospice medical director to handle more of that um, care at the end of life. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they want to make sure that, um, you know, that they, they are using data. Um, I think everyone has become much more, um, much more keyed in to look at the internet, to search out, you know, who is the best hospice and, and, why are we going with this one? Yeah. Um, it's very important to physicians. They have data that comes at them every day. Mm-hmm. They're all used to being um, on similar type data that tells the public uh, things about physicians and when you're going out to look for a physician. So they look for those same things. Right. Absolutely. What kind of challenges have you guys faced while participating in this test? So um, there was definitely a learning curve in the beginning. Uh, for the staff because um, it is very uh, different, much more enhanced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more um, gathering of like numerical rating of different tests that really give us great objective information. But they had to kind of climb that learning curve in the beginning yeah. uh, to, to using this. And secondly, I would say, um, you know, just the fact that they're doing two assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still have the old assessment that we're required to do. So each time, each patient that agrees to be part of this study, 
um, basically we're we're doing the the nurse, the social worker, the chaplains coming in, and they're performing two assessments. So it's kind of double work, right? And they're doing all of this while all of us are dealing with this pandemic, mm-hmm. which makes everything each of us do every day it makes it much more difficult. Yeah. Now you guys are one of the largest hospices in the in the not in the country, but the the state of South Carolina. You know, what branches, you know, in, in South Carolina are participating in, in using the HOPE tool? So we have two branches, uh, the Spartanburg branch and the Greenwood branch. And within those branches, not everyone in the branch is participating. So um, we have in each branch, we have two RNs. We have one chaplain, one social worker. Okay, gotcha. And I'm sure that gives you much more concise data you know they're asking the right questions and and yeah it makes it a lot easier absolutely so. yeah you you always want um it's always so much easier to have small groups mm-hmm. and to be able to focus in on those groups as to what are you witnessing what challenges are you having right uh because you know at the end of this when we get to january the first um the the most important piece is sure there's learning um throughout this process but do we find that there are things in this process, in this assessment tool, um, that have opportunity for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, are we seeing um, Are we seeing some things that's going to make care more difficult? Right. Or is it going to supplement the care we're providing? And so I think you know CMS has been clear, and ABT being contracted from CMS has been clear. They want to as much as possible they want to take that burden off mm-hmm. of um, the nurses sure. the social workers and chaplains coming into the home and so they've tried to build this um, in a way that is utilizing what they're already doing but enhancing it yeah and then i'm sure once once the test is complete then you got to interpret the data that's right <laughs> that's always fun and and putting those correlations together those you know those things that match and don't match and and then and then providing some processes to, to make things better and that's what it's all about at the end of the day absolutely yeah Michael, thank you so much for all you're doing, and and I know uh, this is making Agape Care a better place to work, a better place to um, provide meaningful work for people and and to provide care that's going to change people's lives, it's going to help people, it's going to serve so many families, and and I know just from, from working in hospice in the past, you may forget a patient, but that patient never forgets you, you know? They never forget that nurse. They never forget that CNA. They never forget that social worker and chaplain and so on. Um, you really do get to make a difference. And uh, thanks for all you do and, and all you guys are doing at Agape Care. Thank you, Jamie. Right. I'm glad to be a part of it. Thanks. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. You'll hear from a couple different speakers, and we're going to provide lunch for only $10. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't regret it. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on Facebook. 
We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.